Greetings, folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode number 12, here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. In Las Gatas, California, Paul Kent. It is good to chat with you, my friend. We've done 11 interesting episodes. We've gotten some nice notes from people. It seems like we're on the right track with this thing. I feel like that. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, like, go ahead. Well, like you said, if nothing else, I get to talk to my buddy for an hour a week about, about band stuff. Nothing better than that. That's what we get to do. And, uh, and we get to do it with all of you folks that are listening. More and more listeners every week that we hear from and see and all of that. So that part is fantastic. Keep your comments coming. We'll kind of give you some ideas for those at the end. We'll talk through some of our favorites. Um, today's show b- before we, well, we'll get into it in a minute, but our, our topic today is going to be a, a minefield that we should be wise enough to avoid, but we, we aren't. So we're going to talk about, uh, band spouses and significant others. Uh, no guts, no glory. So let's, let's avoid that for a little bit and do something that we have forgotten to do in the last <laughs> two shows, <laughs> but we won't forget today. And that is to talk about our recent gigs. Um, and I've actually got. Some short uh, anecdotes, I, I suppose, from uh, from gigs going back for the last two weeks. So, um, I, it, well, the, the the easy one, which, which is more of just a, a being a little cathartic, is talking about a gig I played on Friday the tenth with uh, a band called Chafed, which is I think I've mentioned the, is the band. We've got this guitar player, Matty, that uh, he if he's heard a song once, he knows it well enough to be willing to play it. I don't say he knows it well enough to play it. I say he knows it well enough to be willing to play it. And, uh, but it always makes the gigs fun and it makes them, uh, you know, kind of request night, but this was a fundraiser for a, one of the guys in the band runs a baseball program. And so we played, uh, we played the, the gig and the auction and all that. It was fun. How'd it go? Uh, the band played, the band hit that band has not played together for six months. The last gig we played was on Halloween or the night after Halloween and, uh, band, the band played really well. I played like, crap i <laughs> could not get like my my hands just didn't want to play like simple things and it was weird because i had just finished doing that uh that theater gig that i'd been doing you know for three weekends in a row or whatever so i was playing but that was a little weird because i told you i was playing some keyboards in that and then playing some tom tom parts and stuff but i hadn't really been playing drum set as often as i normally would i suppose and uh yeah man it was real frustrating and then, but, but then I got on the airplane and, and flew to NAB um, or flew to Vegas for NAB. And that's where I realized I was kind of sick. So may, I'm just going to blame it on, you know, uh, whatever. My head wasn't quite right. But, uh, but the band played well. Yeah, it does happen. That's the thing is, you know, sometimes you get a great night uh, for no good reason. And sometimes you don't for no good reason. And it's just how it goes. So I don't you know. I've had uh, a busy week. So. Wednesday, my acoustic trio played great time and where the cool thing about that gig is it's becoming a pretty regular thing. So it had been once a month and now it's, they've asked us for twice a month. Nice. We're starting to, we're starting to build a little scene. People, you know, kind of go out of their way to see us there. It's kind of a nice hump day, you know, come in for a cocktail, hear some pretty music and it's turned into be a really nice gig. So that's Wednesday. Thursday, I did solo acoustic in a new place for a couple hours. That was a lot of fun, just myself for a couple hours. Friday night, I had off. Saturday, the House Rockers played for the first time in about a month. Oh, how'd that go? Uh, it went great. You know, one of our guys was out of town for a couple of weeks, and so we hadn't even practiced. Um, although really interesting. So, so two, a couple of things. One is everybody was really hungry to play after not playing for a while. And 
we we really i mean there were flubs but we had great energy and great intent and so the band really brought it and uh, we had a great crowd and the energy was feeding back and forth so we benefited from that but one of the cool things maybe a subject for a future episode is um, while one of my guys was out of town the rest of the rhythm section got together and worked up some songs nice and then we we worked them at sound check and we would make the decision whether they were good enough to put in and we put them in. That's like, and that's like a Macworld, a Macworld all-star style. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, my guys, kudos to that. Oh, and then add on top of this, the horn chart for one of the songs had never been heard before. So it was all trust that everybody uh, played to the form, which is always the, the mm. biggest gotcha. And uh, yeah, we got through it in sound check a couple tweaks, a couple restarts, but Everybody was in such a willing mood, you know, sometimes absence really does make the heart grow fonder. I mean, six <laughs> months, is, six months is a lot of absence. Yeah. And certainly in the Macworld band, that was a year of absence. So yeah. we were always very fond when we got together. But for a, a pretty regular band, this was a really nice feeling. We're getting ready to go into a very busy time. And this gig just felt good in so many ways. And uh, everybody had a good time. So That's it was good. cool. And then, yeah. And then today I just actually finished another three hour acoustic gig out at a winery. Uh, I, it was originally supposed to be just me, but I had some fun and I brought a couple of friends out and, uh, and I also brought a couple guys from black Sunday road show that 15 piece band that I have. Yeah. Um, we broke that down. I brought out two of the singers, the fiddle player and the stand up bass player. And we did four or five songs and just to, you know, try that music in a different format. And that was a lot of fun. So I got to experiment with a bunch of different things. My voice held out for four shows over five days, which is amazing. And, uh, uh, yeah, I got to say, I'm, my, my cup is full of, well, my, my, that's good. That's how it should be. That's, that's the point of being a, a musician, right? Um, is Absolutely. the, is the ability to be able to do that. My, my cup is full of too. the last week. So I have played, uh, arguably maybe more gigs than you, which is, which is saying something. Uh, I had uh, a week ago, Saturday, I played a gig with monkey fist, which is the acoustic subset of the band chafed that, that played, uh, you know, back on the 10th and then, and then Thanksgiving or uh, Halloween or whatever that was. But, uh, but that, that I play with semi infrequently. And as the summer picks up, I'll play with that more. Uh, and it's, it's great. We, it, we have a singer, a guy who plays acoustic guitar and then me, I play, uh, I used to play congas in this band, but I think I told you for Christmas, Lisa and the kids got me this. Uh, it's a tabletop cajon made by a company called pitch slap, which as I said, I have to enunciate very clearly when I say, um, and, but he's got it. I, he mounted it on a guitar strap for me so I can stand up and play this thing. It's very lightweight and it's a great sound. It's way easier than bringing congas to the gig. And so, now I, that's the only thing I bring. I bring that in a microphone and it works out really well. And we're playing, you know, classic rock kind of uh, stuff, acoustic. So we did that on Saturday, the 18th. Then we had another gig on Thursday, the 23rd, that was for a, a, a athletic partner benefit for the University of New Hampshire. They, they, they bring all their donors out for the season and we play this gig for them that we've done for a couple of years now. And so we did that. And that was a 5.30 p.m. gig, and that went splendid. Uh, we just, I mean, harmonies were like butter, you know, really locked in. We had a really beautiful good time. Yep. And I went straight from that to dress rehearsal for a musical that I did this weekend. Also at, at the University of New Hampshire, um, the two had nothing to do with each other. And though it was 
it was a little weird because I had to be late to dress rehearsal. So I got to dress rehearsal on on uh, Thursday night. I had already set my drums up. The moment I got there, I literally sat down and that's when we ran the show from start to finish a two act show. We took like five mm-hmm. in the middle. That was really my first time playing that show through with the band. I had played it through on my own, but that's very different than playing it through with the band and which is also very different than playing it through with the cast. But so all of that happened simultaneously on Thursday night for one run through. And then we opened Friday night and just closed. So it's 1041 PM Eastern right now. I ended at 923 Eastern loaded my drums out, came home and we did this podcast. So, yeah, we played three shows this weekend and they went well, frankly, they went better than you would expect, given that we had one dress rehearsal, Um, you know, and that was it. So it was but it's interesting, you know, a lot of reading, obviously. uh, And and but it's not just reading. It's listening to the cast and reacting and tempos are not necessarily, you know, where you'd want them to be or consistent. If the cast tends to drift, you follow them. And, and it's, it's very interesting. And and this particular musical, the cast was not using microphones. So they were singing just into the air. We were upstage, uh, but I had to play, you know, we had to manage our volume really, really diligently in Mm. order, in order to, uh, you know, not just totally blow them away. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so fun. Cool. You know, it was good. Good, yeah, good, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of music between the two of us. It a lot of music between the two of us. Yeah, good stuff. It's been a good week. That's been it's it's how we should go, right? That's right. Yeah. All right. You, know, you have this time and and it feels like why am I doing anything else when it's so fulfilling to just do this? Although I will say this, the four gigs and often lugging all, you know, like a I have a Bose sound stick that which is not much to lug, yeah. but still something. Yeah. But, you know, you realize I'm pretty tired tonight. Oh, dude, I'm I will be tired tonight. I'm I'm still running on adrenaline from lugging equipment. And I mean, there was a freight elevator I had to put all my drums in and bring them out to my car and run all over the place. So by yeah. the time we end this show, I'll probably just curl up in a corner of the studio and, and just, you know, that'll, that's where I'll crash for the night. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad. That's OK. Could be worse. Right. That's right. Yeah. All right, so uh, can we stretch this part of the discussion out any further? Or you cannot hide, Dave. You cannot hide. <laughs> All right, so uh, so lead us into these murky waters, my good friend Paul Kent. All right. So the premise is uh, we all have dealt with this in the past, and, and even when you start your first bands in junior high school and high school, how the significant other factor affects. Uh, the the vibe and the decision making and the togetherness and the cohesiveness is probably the best word of a musical endeavor. So I will say this over time, I've had guys uh, meet women and marry them, you know, while they were in my band. Sure. Um, you know, engagements, broken engagements, um, uh, you know, pretty much every, every scenario with regards to significant others. But uh, the one thing I will say is there's never been a woman in the house rockers. Uh, and I'm mostly going to, that's the main frame of reference that I have. Sure. So it would be interesting, but you have had women in your band who have significant others that are men, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've never had 
uh, I don't have any uh, significant others that are guys. Uh, we don't have anyone gay that's gay in our band. Okay. Uh, so I don't have that experience, but we have traditional significant other dynamics and dynamics is a beautiful word tonight. Dynamics is what we're going to be talking about. Dynamics is it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sure. So, so I, you know, the best way to, to the only way to have this conversation is to tell, uh, to share anecdotes. Right. I mean, I think that's, we're going to have to tell some stories here. We are going to tread as carefully and respectfully as we can while simultaneously probably airing a little bit of generic dirty laundry. Uh, okay, miss, Dave. Right? I mean, right? How else are we going to do this? And if and if and we may get to a point where we just have to stop a story and punt to the other guy. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're we're going where no no man fears to tread. So, or maybe every all every men every, fear to yeah. tread. Yeah. 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 So, how about this? So, so I just want to uh, remind you of one thing, Paul. Before we yeah. do this, I and I tell my kids this all the time. Uh, we're going to take this show and presumably we, we, if you're hearing this, it means that we decided to release this. Of course, we don't have to decide to release it. But if we do, uh, the Internet is like Las Vegas in that whatever happens on the Internet stays on the Internet forever, forever. That's correct. That's right. OK, so go. You want to start this? One? <laughs> so go. Um, well, how about this? So let's just talk. Let's just start at a high level. So. Yeah. Um, the thing that uh, has been an interesting conversation with regard to seeing and others is how it's affected the availability of band members. I would say that's been the most dangerous type of thing. So, you know, our guys are, you know, are they, are they starting to be late to things or are they missing things or are they showing a little bit less interest in things? Um, that's some sign that there might be significant other influence going on when something changes, it tends to be significant other influence, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is. That is a a very common uh, additional pull uh, on someone's time. You know, I, either a significant other, or as 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 that relationship expands, now then a family, right, with kids and that sort of thing. Well, that that's really interesting because that's that's different because you know someone. Bands are usually successful when everybody has the same goals. They're in the same frame of mind. They're, they're up the same, for the same commitment level. That same commitment. I was going to say same demographic, but that's actually incorrect. It's the same commitment level is all it takes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when that commitment level changes often, I mean, sometimes it's a, it's a, you know, things going on in someone's life, right? You know, change sure. jobs and, you know, stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, it's, you, it's noticeable when a new significant other is introduced into the equation and behavior change. And it's, you know, the, you feel bad for the, for the band guy because he's in the middle, right? You know, he has got someone that he's enjoying spending time with and, you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't enjoy spending time with the band, but he didn't have to make a choice before probably. And now he's being put in a position where he might have to make a choice. I I'm really worried. I'm saying this entirely wrong and sounding entirely either too blaming or too, uh, too, uh, understanding, but this feels funny already. <laughs> oh yeah. No, this is, this is weird. So I, you know, it, the, it, there's a flip side to this, right? You, you get the significant other that, that comes into the scene after the band, right? I mean, if it, if it's someone that's, that's part of a, a person's life 
and that person's a musician and then they join a band that typically you kind of know what you're getting when, when things start. But when, uh, when someone, when you've got an existing band and then things change uh, in terms of, you know, somebody, you know, entering into a more serious relationship with someone or, or, or whatever that is, that can, that can definitely impact the band. And I, I've, I've seen this firsthand both with others and, but also with myself, uh, the band I was in in college, go figure, we we started, you know, when we were in college uh, at various levels and then through because, partially because of that band, uh, I met Lisa, my wife, now my now my wife. Right. And she started coming out to gigs. And actually, our first date was because uh, one of our gigs was canceled sort of last minute. And I called her to tell her. And then we went out and had Indian food. And, uh, you know, and things kind of things went well, obviously, <laughs> you know, here we are. But but there was this period. The guys in the band knew her. Um, obviously, she was coming out to gigs and we had been chit chatting. But as soon as we started dating, now she's at every gig, pretty much every gig she can make it to. Um, and, but she was she was hyper aware of how that was going to work. But she wasn't going to not come to the gigs. But she was also, you know, very much aware of that this band exists and I think somewhere in in her mind, and uh, maybe I should have even gotten her to chat with us about this. She realized if I put pressure on him, and 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 either tacitly or explicitly make him choose between the band or me, I might not like the answer I get. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, because it's new, right? I mean, the band existed before her in my life, right? So, it, it, go ahead. It's a tough, it's a tough hand to play. It is, but, but she helped out. She started learning how to do sound for us and she would help set up gear. And, and so she did things that not only gave her something to do when she was at these gigs, but also in some ways endeared her to the guys that she knew at some level probably were thinking, oh, this is like, you know, Janine from Spinal Tap. Right. (laughs) What's your effing wife doing here? (laughs) But but I know. Right. I mean, and there were actually jokes like that. In fact, I I know for a fact, because I remember it, the Janine joke was was kind of thrown around, but it was thrown around in a friendly way because because she was very respectful of it. Um, But, you know, but it, it does. It changes. It changes things. And it's how it works. I, I'm recalling a conversation uh, when one guy in my band was about to get into a very serious relationship. Uh, we were sitting around before a gig, you know, I think we we're in a restaurant or a bar somewhere. And, um, and he was getting some vibe that this new significant other had an opinion about the amount of time he would be putting into music. Yeah. Once he got in and, and I, I'm an observer more or less to this conversation. I'm kind of listening to the guys talk. And uh, one of the other guys who was in a relationship, uh, not a reasonably new relationship too. And, and let me just say that this guy is a full-time musician. He derives his income. You know, he teaches, you know, pretty much from two in the afternoon until six at night every day. And then he gigs at night and that's how he cobbles together. Uh, an income as a, as a professional musician. Sure. And um, he was interesting. He said, you know, I had to tell my significant other, this is my life, right? We need to put this on the table right now. I'm a musician. This is who I am. This is what I do. And uh, you know, this needs to be an expectation of how our relationship is going to be. And the other guy was like, 
you know, it was like a light bulb went on. It was like, of course, this is who I am. This is what I do. But, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to kind of like, because you're worried about playing your hand as well. I mean, because if you're about to get into a great relationship, but if it's not going to mix with the band, you're, you know, stuck with a dilemma and you got to figure out where priorities and where importances lie. You don't always get everything that you want. Right. So that, yeah, that conversation kind of played out really interesting. Um, uh, the guy who's a full-time musician in my band, you know, uh, he's a very good communicator and he's very specific about many things in his life. And I think he benefited from just, you know, sharing that this is, this is what you could expect if we're going to be together. And the other guy kind of, you know, he kind of, I think he, he was like breaking the, the news slowly over a course of time to his significant other. And I think it was a course of friction, but also, you know, I think a, a large course of friction, and this is important to say is, people don't always hear what they're being told. They hear what they want to hear. Right. So uh, it's sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially when it comes to uh, matters of the heart. So um, uh, it, it, it is a tough thing. It's a tough place for a musician is, you know, what I would call semi-professional musician. If you're a professional musician, it is your livelihood. I mean, this is, if you're going to get into a relationship with a, with a musician, this is what your life is going to be like. Sure. And, you know, it would be very naive, male or female. Um, it would be very naive to think it was going to be any different. But when it's kind of the semi-professional, I think the tendency is, um, well, you know, that's that, that's that thing that you're playing, you know, that's your fun time, right? Don't you want your fun time to be with me? Yeah. And not really understanding that a person who really is a committed musician, you know, amateur, novice, semi-professional, professional, you would not like who that person is if they weren't doing what they are, are supposed to be doing. That's a very good point. And that's something my wife noticed about me, but probably before I did maybe, but, but she certainly noticed it on her own. And because she said, you know, the only thing worse than you playing gigs all the time is you not playing gigs all the time. Uh, right. Which is, line. which is true. I mean, great yeah, line. but you're right. If you are the entering into a relationship with a musician, you need to go into that knowing that you're basically entering into a relationship with an addict. Right. I mean, of, 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 uh, an addict of a good thing, <laughs> you know, uh, but it is it, it, it is not something that we can turn off. Right. It, and, and we don't want to turn this off. It's I mean, it thank thankfully, it's not like a, a drug addiction or something where, it, you know, this is it's causing harm in our lives. But uh, but it does take up time and it's it's going to continue to do that. And yeah. and it it is. You know, I, I, I think of myself this way, this, it is this selfish part of me, right? I mean, it, you know, it, at the end of the, yes, I like to entertain people and I, I mean, there's all of that. And it could be said that this is a very, you know, uh, noble thing that we do as entertainers. Yeah, 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 whatever. It's true, but it's also a very selfish thing. We enjoy doing this and therefore we do it. And sometimes, oftentimes. We prioritize it over pretty much everything else. Yeah, absolutely. When I started getting back into music, I had, I think, probably maybe six-year-old to 10-year-old children. Yeah. Right? So three daughters, you know, kind of in that preteen uh, age. And it was, a, it was not a great time for me to start this group. My wife was unbelievably understanding. I mean, there were, it wasn't always smooth. I mean, definitely sure. there were times when there were tension. She was like, you're gigging again, you know, that type of thing. Um, 
she was incredibly understanding and I, I hit the major jackpot. I mean, the amount of support I got, I mean, the grief was, was reasonable grief. I mean, you got kids growing up. You really have to be there for that. Yeah, You gotta be a dad. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But like you said, sometimes we, we unreasonably prioritize our musical endeavors and um, you lose sight of balance and those types of things. It, Cause it is, it's a, it's an all in, addiction was a pretty interesting word. It's a very all encompassing passion yeah. uh, that can lead you away from common sense sometimes. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, addiction is not entirely accurate, but it's not entirely inaccurate either. Yeah. It, we share, yeah. we, there's a lot of shared traits. I'll say, I remember, uh, I never stopped playing really. I, I mean, I've taken maybe six months off here or there, but, but, um, I've always played and pretty much always played in bands that played out, uh, including when we were having our, you know, our, our kids. And I'll never forget, uh, there was one gig I was, we were down in Texas. So this was still within the first probably six months of my daughter's life. And she was our first child. And, uh, we finished this gig and I was coming home and I probably had, uh, I didn't have too much to drink to drive, but I had a, a, a beer more than I normally would have. And I was tired, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, it, all I got to do is get home. And I, and I drove fine. You know, it wasn't one of those things. And that is it. That's a whole other conversation, you know, about, about how much you, you, how you manage that at a gig and, and making the right decisions for heading home and all that stuff. This was, that was not an issue this night, but I just really, I was exhausted and uh, fallen asleep a little bit on the way home and thought, okay, great. All I got to do is get home and then I can go to sleep and this will be great. And I pull in, it's like midnight. It was a relatively in the grand scheme of things, relatively early gig, maybe 1230. And I pull in and the lights are on in the house. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 this is bad. You know, <laughs> why are the lights on? And, uh, and I, I walk in the house and Lisa's up with, with our daughter and she's screaming and, She's like, oh, good, you're home. And she hands me the kid and she says, I'm going to bed. She's been screaming yeah. for the last five hours or whatever. Been like, there. Oh, oh, yeah. But, you know, it was like, OK, all right. Well, here we go. You know, and uh, I, she was a, a breastfed child. So I had to defrost some milk because my wife's like, I'm done. You know, I'm like, OK, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Look, you know, it's I get it. So I defrosted some milk and I, you know, went through the routine and warmed it up and and did all that and and got her to sleep. And then I went to sleep an hour later or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I'll never forget that night. It was just, you know, most of the time when I get home from gigs, I am wide awake for hours. And it was just this one night. Like all I want to do is go to sleep. Well, that it was, it was the lesson you were meant to have then, right? (laughs) Totally. Yeah, it was fine. And I, you know, I didn't, it was just, I had to just, you know, flip the switch in my head. Like, okay, I, you know, I got home and now I'm dead. You know, I don't get to be Dave, the sleeping musician. I I get to be dad and it was okay, but it was like, you know, okay, here we go. So you had mentioned last week that you played in a band one time where there was a woman who was in the band and her significant other was an issue. What was that all about? Yeah, he, um, so he was also a guitar player or, or something. He played some instrument. I don't, I honestly don't remember what it was, but she was our singer and she was a great singer really really good and you know just fit in very well there was never any you know gender friction or anything that you hear about and you know none of that and nobody in the band wanted to have a relationship with her we all kind of had our 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 lives and it was you know it was just like another normal band member and it was fine 
And we were doing well and we started playing some gigs and the gigs went really well and she sang well and the harmonies were good and she could, she had this really powerful voice and she could just like blow way over the band at any point in time. She was the real deal, you know, great <laughs> singer. And suddenly her husband freaked out about this. And like I said, I, you know, I, I, like I said last week, I think part of it was he wanted to start a band with her, but he, I don't think his band was going to be quite as good as, as our band was. I don't know. He, but he really didn't want her in this band. And he started telling these stories. I mean, he told them to me, you know, but he was really concerned that, uh, his, you know, that uh, for whatever reason, I wanted to have a relationship with his wife. I'm like, no, I, oh. I got my own kids. Like, <laughs> they, 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 there was nothing. There was no reason to even begin to suspect that. But that was this was his thing. He's like, no, nope, she can't be in the band because, you know, I'm. I'm worried about this. Like, well, yeah, dude. I mean, I would, you know, if, if that was, but what did she have to say about, I mean, when, I mean, someone else is saying she can't be in the band. Was she sticking up for herself? Was she setting she, him straight? I she mean, stuck up for herself for a little while, but you know, it, at, at, at one point he finally played the card of, I can't deal with you being in this band. You know, I, I hear what you're telling me. I know you say that, you know, you and Dave don't have, and we never did. I mean, there was just, I, I it was, I was, it was a, a comical thought even, you know, it was just like one of those things. It was like somebody saying you and I were going to have a relationship because we're playing a band together. It's like, wait, what? We're just, he's over there and I'm here and we, we have a blast making music together. You know, isn't, isn't that okay? (laughs) You know what I mean? That's all it was. So he played his cards. He played his cards. she, She had to make a choice and she did. She did. Yeah. And she quit the band. Yep. Um, she would come and sing with us occasionally. And then the band had a, a reunion gig or two and she always showed up for those and, and it just sings great. Yeah. It was a shame. That would have been a real fun band. We only played maybe a handful of gigs, uh, before that whole thing kind of cratered, but it, that would have been a fun one if it had, yeah. uh, if it had lasted. Yeah. 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 And, but, uh, what happens? did they, did they last? I believe they are still together. <laughs> I believe. Interesting. I, Interesting. Yeah, I don't um, because that that's telling that's telling behavior, right? Right. Well, yeah, I I think there was far more to it than that. I don't think he actually believed there was anything here. I think he he just picked that as the I I need to I need to drive a wedge in here. And I don't this is the best way I know how to do it because I can play this card with my wife. And and that was that, you know, but yeah. but that that's probably the worst experience I've had with significant others of 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 either gender. Uh, but I have had a very good experience with what I'll call a significant other. And and I'm going to start down this path and tell you in advance that there are so many stories I would love to tell about this particular relationship that I am simply not going to tell. However, mm-hmm. I will I will tell one of them. Because it's cool and and it happened in public many times. So so this is OK. But uh, but this is sort of the flip side. Uh, when I got to New Hampshire here, I started playing in this band with it was a, a female fronted classic rock cover band, four piece guitar, bass, drums and vocals. And uh, this woman that that uh, that was the singer in the band had for many years had a relationship with a guy named Gary Sharon, uh, who. Many people may know as the singer and one of the founding members of the band extreme. They had that hit more than words. Um, 
And, uh, and then he also, uh, he's had a, his own bands and, and stuff, but he was also the, the guy who played on the Van Halen three album and toured with them as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. But extreme did really well for him. And, and Van Halen, uh, you know, when you release an album of songs that you co-wrote with, with Van Halen, even if it's probably their worst selling album, it doesn't matter. It still does really, really, really well in comparison to pretty much everything else on the market. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how it works. <laughs> and, uh, and and he had some interesting stories to tell about that, but he would he would show up at, at gigs um, and, you know, he was just another guy in the in the crowd and the nicest guy in the world. Absolutely like this humble, very personable, extremely down to earth kind of guy. But anybody who's ever seen him on stage uh, with Extreme or Van Halen or anything knows that he is a powerhouse performer. and when he and and there would occasionally he would step on stage and and uh, sing a tune or two with us and that was a heck of an experience i mean it like nothing else i've ever been through before you know as soon as somebody like that steps on the stage and it would just turn on he had the ability you know i there, there's something that i've always referred to as as dlr syndrome david lee roth syndrome where you know he's this this hugely charismatic persona on stage and then can't turn it off. Right. This Gary does not suffer from that at all. In fact, it's completely the opposite, but when he steps on the stage, it turns on it's on. Yeah. But it is like, it is on. There is no warm up period, right? You know, we, I have a warm up period, right? And it, it takes, I have to like force myself to just, you know, be in the moment for those first couple of tunes before I'm actually in the moment. And maybe Gary does that too. But it's a whole different level with this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so when he would come up and sing with us, it was just like, oh, this is amazing. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, he'd go back and sit down and you'd see him at set break and he'd be like, oh, hey, man, that was really fun. Thanks for letting me do it. <laughs> like, Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you know, he uh, I rem- I'll never forget one night. It was a New Year's Eve gig and uh, he came up and he sang a couple of tunes of this. And, and one of them was Honky Tonk Woman. And uh and he sings the first verse and it's just going splendidly. And he turns around between the chorus and the second verse. And he looks at me, he's like, what's the, what's the second verse? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I couldn't think of it. I, you know, I just, it just couldn't, wouldn't come to mind. And he looks at me, he's like, all right, well, second verse, same as the first. And he turns around <laughs> and off he goes, you know, <laughs> he did talk a little bit about that when, um, when he was on the road with Van Halen. Uh, and I think I can share this story cause it's, pretty innocuous uh he you know i asked him if he used teleprompters and he said oh yeah he's and he i said did you need him and he's like no 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 you know i had all the words memorized but you know the thing is and it was explained to him this way i think and and he he totally bought into it which i get he's like you know these people are coming out they've paid a lot of money there's a lot of people there and any line in any given song could, could poss- be the line could be the line for any person in the room right and he's like you know there are all kinds of things that can distract you on stage for a split second. And if it happens at a time when that line is coming up, you might flub it, you know, on any given night. And he's like, yep. and that could really ruin it for somebody. He's like, so that's why we have those teleprompters. I'm like, that, yeah, that's I get a it. great story. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, that's a pro doesn't want to miss one line because it could be the line. I the love line. that. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's not standing there reading them, which is uh, with that. That's actually a conversation I'd love to have about, you know, iPads or music stands on stage or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I get why, you know, the teleprompter's there. And if you, if you, if you're lost, 
it's home. You know, you just yep. look and there it is. Yeah. So what's the connection of Gary to significant others? Uh, well, I think that's the good, that's the good story, right? You know, is, is, uh, I, I shared the, the crazy, you know, husband from the, uh, from the other woman in the other band. And so I figured I'd share, this is the great, you know, it can, it can work out really well if there's a significant other that happens to understand how, you know, how it works. And he would, he was always great, you know, got, yeah. got it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, how about this? Do you, do you, um, have you ever had a period of time where uh, in a group, uh, is the significant under others bonded together? The band wives. Yes. A sort of, it never quite works out for long. I've never seen it work out long, long term, but yeah, I have seen the wives bond from time to time and that can be a, mostly a good thing. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So you, you say you've never seen it work out for, for any long period of time. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I, you know, I've seen it in fling. Uh, Lisa has at times bonded with different wives in the band right now. She's actually pretty close to, to uh, Russ's wife and, and, and uh, they don't usually come to gigs uh, together, but they hang out and, and at time and then at times she's been friends, friendly with, with the other wives in the band. But um, it, it, it's never, you know, it, it's, I, I wouldn't say that there was any falling outs. It's just, okay, well, you know, we have this one common interest that's shared and it's that we have husbands that play together and then, you know, they get along and then, you know, whatever yeah. life, life drifts you apart. But they, you know, when she sees like Bert, our bass player's wife, who they used to hang out at gigs a lot and then sort of drifted apart, but, um, but, yeah. they, but they get along still if they happen to see each other. Excuse me. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it seems like, um, the things that you would expect. So, you know, uh, you know, why does so-and-so get to do so-and-so? I mean, it seems like that is uh, a challenging dynamic. So, you know, it opens up the door for, uh, you know, the most innocuous little thing can be steamrolled into band drama. And maybe that's a, uh, the most interesting part of this conversation is, uh, you know, when, when something bad happens, how a band or how a band member can either deflect, deflect or, um, or, or deal with something. So I've certainly seen issues where, you know, new, new wives, significant others are brought into the, into the scenario and, and it's not quite a natural fit. Uh, and then feelings get hurt. I've certainly seen situations where, um, uh, I don't want to say jealousies, but more like, uh, you know, so-and-so should do this with the band or, you know, you should be getting more money or you should be, you know, featured in a song in a certain way or something oh, like that. Yeah. And that, and, and so, and, and all that go kind of groups into the kind of the bug in someone's ear, which makes it really hard for the band member because, you know, of course you, you know, this is a person that you're with, you trust them, you listen to them, they're, you know, they're, they're a confidant in some way. Yeah. And so what do you do with that? Right. So, and that's hard. I mean, that's, I, it, I have it, seen it where, uh, and I'm, I, I'm not in this experience now. So, so I, I feel like I can tell the story and I'll just leave names out to protect the innocent. But uh, I've seen it where the band, you know, and I'll, I'll use the term band wives. It may not be entirely accurate. Uh, and it certainly sounds uh, inaccurate, but I'll use it anyway, where the, you know, a couple of band uh, spouses get together and start talking amongst each other. And then 
I've had that, you know, the, the result of that conversation come back to me. And, and sometimes when the spouses get together, they vent about their significant others. And then it's like, oh, wait, you know, I don't want to hear what so-and-so's wife or girlfriend says about him because I got to play with him. I, I, yeah. you know, I don't. That's like, no, no, no. This information wasn't meant to get to me. Or if it right. was and it was intentionally planted to get to me, I especially don't want it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's a landmine. I, a I, landmine. I say this. Yeah. I'm, I'm very close with the guys in my group and, yep. um, you know, we refer to each other as brothers and, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, we have a, a bond. It's, it's, uh, occasionally an intricate bond, but we have a bond. Sure. Uh, and while it is nice if, if the significant others are part of that bond, it's, it's beyond my control. You know, uh, I, you know, I can't do anything to create an environment that's one step removed as, yes. as a leader of a band. Yes. And so whatever it is at any one time, I, rather than willing it to be something else, whatever it is at any one time, I just kind of accept it. And, you know, as long as the band is taking care of business and functioning things, it used to be really important to me that, that the band members, and it isn't as nice. We can all hang out together and all barbecue together and these types of things. And when that's happening, that is really very nice, but um, I can't control what happens, you know, one step removed. And so you just gotta, I kind of have resigned myself that um, that is what it is. And um, I have a, my wife is incredibly understanding, yeah. you know, uh, as a leader of a band, especially of a band of this many people, dynamics are going to be happening. Right. And she is very, very good at deflecting. That's so good. she does, she doesn't go there. And, and when she does, when she's, when she's asked to go there, she'll shut it down and you know, whatever happens happens. But I mean, she's, uh, she's pretty smart cookie when it comes to how to handle the, the oncoming of, of, uh, of drama, the politics. Yeah. Politics. That, that's or, good. Yeah. She should not be, it, it, it is unfair to her for anyone to attempt to rope her into those politics. Uh, it doesn't mean that it'll. It won't happen. <laughs> but, yeah, and again, you, you got to remember, it's not that anybody's a bad person. No, right? no. And, People have their agendas based upon what's good for them. Yep. And, you know, if you are the significant other of a musician, you want your significant other to be happy and, you know, want your significant other to, to you know, be uh, happy with you. And sometimes these things are at cross odds. So there's no there's no easy solutions to this. To any of these things, when the drama comes, you know, they'll like we talked about last week, the, the, the quaint, the, the, the simple thing to say is just good communication will take care of everything. But musicians are often not very good communicators. No, that's so. right. We communicate by playing music with each other. And that, exactly. that does create a there is a, a, a language that happens. And it, it is it is not the same as as what you and I are doing here, but it is a language that builds trust. Um, when you play music with someone, but, but not much more than that. You're not communicating a whole lot more than, than I trust you. Right. And, and that, but that is a huge thing. And in fact, I, f I think music is probably the most efficient way playing music with someone is the most efficient way to communicate that, that visceral trust. I but, agree. But that, but that's, that's sort of the, the beginning and the end of, of what that conversation can, can create. Yeah, I agree. So the net net of all this is, you know, try and have a little bit of humor with it. Try and cut some slack. You know, when the drama comes, don't immediately jump to, to, uh, you know, that someone's a bad person or, right. 
You know, I, I think we, it, we all can just have a good laugh. Anyone who's a musician has dealt with the band significant other issue in one way or another. It just happens. It just, it's part of life. It's part of band life yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the, the best thing to do is to chill and, you know, understand where people are coming from and, you know, do your best to always be honest and direct and fair and, uh, you know, deal with stuff as it comes up, set expectations, ask people to communicate expectations, even though they're not going to be able to do it very well. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it all just makes for great when the band is together it makes for funny stories. It makes. Yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking about this. I, I played in a blues trio when I was in Texas um, and Lisa hated the music that we played. She didn't, she liked the guys actually, but she just was, had no interest in going out and hearing like blues rock, you know, and this was like yeah, Hendrix and Stevie Ray and Robin Trower and, you know, those types of tunes. And Murray had his own originals and stuff too. But she just has no interest in that kind of music. In fact, she has less than no interest. She mm. she she just doesn't like it. So she wasn't coming to the gigs, and our bass player's wife wasn't coming to the gigs. Uh, our guitar player, he was the leader of the band. His wife would come out maybe half the gigs, but the you know there there was no band wives table at the at the gigs, right? Um, but we would get together pretty regularly for you know cookouts or eating barbecue or whatever together, and it worked out great. Everybody got along. It worked out really well, but, but it, it was this separate thing. It was like, okay, well the guys do this thing together and then we all get together and do this other thing, you know? Mm. And, and that worked out really well. It, it, the gigs never factored into, you know, the music, nothing, none of that ever factored into the discussion because for the most part, there were no wives at the gigs and it, it was just how it worked out. I mean, we didn't, there was no hard line in the sand, at least not from, from our standpoint, but Lisa had a pretty hard line in the sand. She never wanted to have to see that man. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it it had nothing to do with the personalities. It was, it was all just, she just hated the music. So that, but that worked out really well. You know, it was a a smooth thing. Yeah. All right, Dave, I think we successfully navigated. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got killed. I think we, I don't think we had, I think we can release this one. Yeah. I think we'll ship it, Dano. That's right. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, folks. Uh, I want to share a couple of things here. First of all, if you have anything to say about this discussion, uh, topic suggestions, anything, questions, whatever you want to tell us, feedback at giggabpodcast.com is the email address to use. Absolutely. Uh, and please, anything you want to send, Paul and I, that email goes to both of us immediately. We will see it immediately. And most likely we will reply far faster than we should. Um, and then we'll think about our reply and reply again. Uh, <laughs> and, and then we'll talk about it in the show. So, uh, so that's one way to get in touch with us. The, another way, and there are many, but I want to share one in, in particular, Paul, and that is iTunes comments. We are in uh, the iTunes store, uh, obviously under gig gab. And I would love to see more iTunes comments. It actually really, really helps us if you come and rate the show in iTunes and and especially if you leave a comment. And because of that, I want to uh, highlight two of the most recent comments that we have. The The first one I want to read is is from Interested777, 
who says, excellent podcast. Paul and Dave take listeners inside their bands full of great discussion for all musicians. Gig Gab podcast is also fascinating for those interested in everything that goes into a band. Paul and Dave pull the curtains back. Well, that was certainly true today. Uh, (laughs) and uh and goes and then and then he 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 or she continues to go through some of the topics so thank you interested 777 i appreciate that we appreciate that and then uh funky 12m writes as a working musician it's informative and entertaining to hear others share their stories methodologies and advice i've already picked up quite a few pointers from these guys and i've been gigging for nearly 20 years highly recommended that is both humbling and inspiring praise. So thank you for that funky 12 M. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So please come in and leave some of those. We will read them here. It, it, uh, it means a lot to us. So that's all I got for today, Paul. How about you? I'm good to go, man. I'm tired. Four gigs, oh, five man. days, little podcast. I'm going to go have some barbecue. I'm starting to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Take-